Hello, and welcome to the Alchemist Club. I'm Joe, your dungeon master for this terribly exciting adventure. Uh, joining me, we have... Daniel, and I play Chad Fleet. Kale, I play Desmond. I'm Zach, and I play Falrock. I'm Matt, and I play Leolin. I'm Waffle, and I play Tarajux Heiko. Who wants to give us a brief summary of what happened last time? We finally found fresh air. And then more importantly, uh, we found a giant found. infinite library. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, we that, started that planning an uh, adamantine heist, if I remember right. Yeah. No, yeah, we yeah, didn't. Yeah. Yes. No, we yes, didn't. Because we no. we're going to need um, a bunch of it. Right. So we can buy it. I'm pretty sure that Terrajux offered her rectum as the place where we're going to hide it. I mean, no. if necessary. Nope. I mean, we could split it up, just split the bar in equal parts. Yeah, yeah, no, we're going to have to. Um, one of us should probably take in large reduce. <laughs> God. What well, do we, we get two bars? Actually, um, great and powerful DM, does enlarge and reduce work on adamantium? Hang on. Stop. Why do we have to start every campaign with all the terrible ideas that I have already worked very hard <laughs> to shoot down last time? If we steal adamantium, we will be killed. What is dead? Yeah, die. But but nobody <laughs> talked about the tried and true jailhouse method of oh transport. Because <laughs> nobody so would ever think of that. Library. This is some- mildly ironic because like I finally gotten back to editing, and just earlier today, you guys were talking about how you need enlarge, reduce, and somebody who knows like blink or become ethereal so that they could stick their head into the puzzle box and see what was inside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I still think that's a really clever workaround. It would have been very dark in there. Um, <laughs> we'll cast light on their ethereal eyes. No, we just come <laughs> with dark vision. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we went to an infinite library in a demiplane and we rode around on a floating platform that I'm going to pilot someday. And we talked to some dwarves. We learned a couple things about the hatchlings. We learned that some people do turn into X-Men when you hit them with hatchling blood, but most people die. It's been losing potency over the years, which is kind of interesting. Um, we also met Steiner Silverforge. We did. Mm-hmm. And we have a luncheon prepared with that very same dwarf. Which will be filled with all sorts of plot uh, Turns. Are you ready for even more lore drops? My body is always ready. Splendid. So, yep. uh, last I recall, you guys were in the we steel district. Oh, yeah. Shopping. Uh-huh. I have written in my notes here shopping approximately 30 hours. <laughs> Tara Jux is looking for a gnome in a wizard hat. I am. Yeah. I've been very excited by the prospect of this gnome. I'm Paul trying Rock's to, trying to enchant gauntlets. Yep, yep. Get the gauntlets finished. Yep. I'm looking for crossbows to dual wield. We'll start with ease of access here. Leyland, you find somebody who makes crossbows like almost right away, and you can buy hand crossbows from them very easily. How much gold do we have these days? We got paid like two fifty for right. clearing out that yeah. demon thing. All right. Hey, Joe. Yes. Where are we in the city right now? You are in the Steel District, which is the Forge District. You mean like lo- like location? Yeah, no, that's, that's about it. Yeah, we're okay. in the city. 
Yeah. Um, where? In what direction right now is the nearest giant lizard? <laughs> uh, below wait. you. But wait, what? Earlier, I thought it was like deeper within the city. Well, you've moved, haven't deeper, you? Not as a deeper, huh? You've moved, haven't you? Yes, but I don't think our elevation has changed. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the elevation of the caves beneath your feet hasn't. It's in a cave? Everything's right. in the cave. You're under the mountain. I, was, I thought I thought it would be in like somebody's personal zoo or uh, You did you did get a ping for a zoo previously, but you seem to have moved somewhere where a different lizard is closer than the one in the zoo. Okay, so the- right. so real talk. I had a dream about this a couple of days ago about Ched finding giant lizards, but he found, <laughs> he found the giant lizard god, and it like broke his brain because he was able to connect to it telepathically. <laughs> <laughs> Another psychedelic experience. Yeah, but this one involving lizards. Got lizard god, <laughs> lizard Jesus. Can we get a lizard Jesus, Joe? Lizard Moses, at least. <laughs> Let us pray. <laughs> <laughs> I <right>, then. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just I'm strolling along. I'm I'm in no real hurry. Like things are good. Yeah, I'll take that as a no, Joe. <laughs> well, no, no, you, no, Lord and Scaly Savior. Well, I'll have to consider the uh, the prospects of uh, lizards regarding having a Lord and Savior <laughs> deity of lizards. I would worship a lizard god. <laughs> Currently, don't have a god. It's time for the kobolds to rule this pitiful world. Right. Why, uh, would, you, <laughs> why would you worship a, a lizard god? You you can fly like so. For pterodactyls. He's a god. I yeah, mean, I would, yeah, they're, I they're both they're both descended from reptiles, right? I would uh, worship. Is there an Archaeopteryx god? No. I would there worship are, shit out of an Archaeopteryx god. There is a well-established pantheon. It has five gods. Uh, as far as you and anybody else knows, none of them are lizards. Yes, You're going to get a bunch of hate beyond, mail from ornithologists. Beyond the major gods. Beyond the the normal pantheon. Yeah, like, there aren't any gods beyond the normal pantheon. So oh. kobolds don't worship anything? Kobolds typically worship dragons. Yeah. Okay. So no, no demigods. And no. like orcs, what do orcs worship? Aspects of the of the five. What about a really, huh. really, really big lizard? What just about say, it? Just say yes, or this that's is just, gonna that's be a dragon. Uh, no, yeah, you, what you're dragon. describing is a dragon. No. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll find dragons are else. majestic creatures because they can fly. I'll QED. find something else that can fly, or something else to worship. Splendid. Worship flight, the purest and most holy of acts. I assume. Anyways, that, about I, these crossbows, I'm trying to buy. I assume that a yes. lizard god could just fly at will. Uh, yeah, he's maybe. a dragon. No. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, done. I'm sorry. Um, Do these crossbows have like pearl handles? Because they should. Hand crossbows cost 75 gold apiece. Yikes. Is that like a premium because I'm an elf in the dwarven <laughs> capital or anything? Oh, like, oh, I like oh. that you immediately default to systemic racism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that is the price listed in the player's handbook. <laughs> 
okay, but you can totally play the race dorks, card to get a discount. The orcs told you I was coming, didn't they? That was orcs. I don't need dwarf, like. <laughs> Thank God. All right. I, I guess I'll pony up my 150 gold there. Don't forget to buy some bolts. <laughs> I've got I've got bolts. I'm good. Do they fit the little uh, oh, that's a good I should note that siege crossbow bolts will not work in your hand. <laughs> Even if okay, you use both once again, <laughs> this is why we need the spell enlarge reduce. <laughs> so could I make a trade of my siege bolts for normal size hand crossbow bolts? Okay. You would accept Here, that. Let me tell you why that's a bad idea. I need to give you this chicken. your siege crossbow is more or less a unique item the siege crossbow bolts that you have for it are specialty items that would be difficult Uh, to procure uh, procure more of whereas hand crossbow bolts you can buy like 100 for 10 gold pieces but can I can continue to carry my siege crossbow then yes okay alright never mind then so how much are hand crossbow bolts they're it's ten gold or yeah ten bolts for a gold. All right, um, I'll get uh thirty then. Splendid. Okay, uh, who is next? Uh, Zach. I'm sorry, Falrock was looking for somebody to enchant his gauntlets. You managed to find uh, closer to the Orcalcum district uh, kind of border. Um, you've got a whole bevy of dwarves hard at work. Enchanting items, you could easily pick any one of them. Okay, yeah, I pick one at random. That sounds nice. Okay, uh, you stroll up to a dwarf. He's hard at work uh, etching runes into a metal plate. He looks up. So, oh, how how can I help you? Well, uh, I'm not much of a runesmith myself. Uh, had these gauntlets half finished, but unfortunately. Uh, the one who started them uh, passed on, and I was looking to get somebody to help me finish them. He takes them and kind of looks them over very, very carefully, turns them upside down. He's looking for like a maker's mark or something. He says, these are, uh, uh, these are pretty advanced. I've, it's been a long time since I've seen rune work this complex. Yeah, I've got uh, some instructions, or at least parts of the instructions. I couldn't get it all if there was a, an unfortunate fire, I think, or something like that. Mm, yes, fire. <laughs> let, me, let me take a look at them. He folds them out on his bench, pulls out a compass and starts like making lines between different things on the diagram. It's like, I think I could probably finish these. That'd be wonderful. I, uh, what would it cost? Well, tell you what. You pay me 50 gold up front, and pending how well I'm able to put these back together, we can decide on the rest of the price after they're done. Because I don't want to, like, screw up the, the diagram and give you a dud thing. Certainly. No. That's, uh, that's not like a fair deal. So I hand him the 50 gold. And uh, when should I come back and, and check on these? Uh... Let's give it, and he pulls out a little calendar, and hmm, two days maybe? I should have time to have taken a swing at it. I have to admit, I'm pretty intrigued. 
Thank you. That That's wonderful. I don't mean to put you off schedule, but that, I'll be back in a couple days then. Excellent. Okay. Um, now, where the hell did everyone else go? <laughs> so I believe Ched and Terajux were both off in search of a gnomish wizard. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing my furret walk, just strolling. Desmond, where are you? I'm I'm saving them for last because I have a whole bit. <laughs> um, I was going to get a backpack that had like a. Oh right, you were getting the the chemistry's backpack kind of a thing. Chemistry's. Oh like, yeah, you're going to do hydroponics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Al- like, oh, maybe a little bit of like alchemy, <laughs> but alchemist pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you uh, find somebody who. Like you find the Smith nearby that seems to have the most like leather available, yeah, at their forge and haggle over the price a bit. He's like, okay, fine, uh, I'll I'll do this for ten gold. It'll take me half an hour. Half an hour. Um. Okay. Yeah. That's. I will do that. Ten gold. Um, that's a de- it's a steal, really. I mean, you're not really asking. You're asking for like minor modifications to a backpack. It's not yeah. anything big here. Okay, so Terajux and Ched, you're walking towards the Orcalcum buildings, the kind of like wizard towers. Oh, yeah. And as you are approaching, you see a middle, there's like a middle-sized one a couple blocks away. Um, And when I say middle-sized, it's a little odd, actually. It looks like somebody took a wizard's tower, the first floor of a wizard's tower, and then all the floors above that kind of got scaled down. Huh. So... There are, like there's windows twice as often as you would expect there to be. So so like the first floor is correctly sized. Yes. And then it shrinks all at once. It's not like a gradient or anything. It's just like a smaller building on top of a regular one. Yeah, kind of. Huh. And as you're walking, you hear and see an explosion blow out one of the fifth story oh. windows i turn immediately and i say that's the one that's the place let's go i fly up to the window that just like got blown out just to i'm running along on the hurt. ground waving my arms <laughs> ched inside you see that there is a gnome with a very floppy wizard hat yes <laughs> striving to put out a fire terajux you arrive at um, the uh, the entryway, there's a sign hanging over the door that says, Body Knock Shepin, items enchanted, potions brewed, no curses, and then hand-painted under that, home of the famous Shepin eyebrow regrowth ointment. Oh, amazing! <laughs> <laughs> oh my I use druid craft through the window to put out a few of the fires. Uh, he... totally oblivious to that he just thinks they went out on their own or like (laughs) his fire so looking inside he's got he's got a bucket of water that he's that he's using yes but there are also like shaving cream dispensers fixed to the ceiling that are spraying foam wildly in all directions (laughs) you mean highly flammable shaving cream and he is firmly convinced that this uh fire suppression system is is what's doing the job here. Nice. All right. Well, I'll let him have that. <laughs> Splendid. He's he's having a rough day. So, uh, are more or less all the fires like uh out? Yes. Okay, I'm going to I'm just going to I'm just going to land on the ground at the at the door. Look for a way up, you know, a stairwell or something. 
Yeah, is there like a bell I can ring? There is. There is a bell you can ring. I ring it. There is a loud thunk. Uh, uh, I ring it again. The the noise repeats. (laughs) (laughs) I try Uh, ringing it. Two is plenty. A moment later, uh, the door opens and you see a gnome in a very floppy wizard hat. Oh, magnificent. He's like smearing a gel on his eyebrows or where his <laughs> eyebrows would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My, so immediately the first thing I do upon seeing that and putting the dust together, does that work in other places? <laughs> oh, <but> dear <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he holds up the jar that he's smearing out of, and he's like, well, I haven't tried it very frequently, as I usually need my eyebrows regrown, but I have done some very right, 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 promising right. field tests on elf armpits. Don't ask how it <laughs> happened. It was a very particular set of circumstances. I come in, oh I, get, I get close, and I say, do you think it could make a mustache? Only one way to find out, and he reaches up and just smears it on your upper lip before you have time to react. I, my reaction is to lean in and give him space. Like, I, I let this happen. Splendid. He, he leans back and says, "It'll probably take eight to twelve hours to fully grow in if it works." Oh. If you well, feel any burning sensations, write it down. Uh, will do. Ched, Ched, Ched sees this and then leans in expectantly. Uh, I'm afraid it doesn't work particularly well on beaks, but if you need some eyebrows grown in, he holds up a thumb <laughs> covered in ointment. Uh, I stand up straight. I back off. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm going to prestidigitate this stuff off my lip and go, well, if you ever figure out a formula that works quickly, um, uh, something of an actor, and uh, quick costume <laughs> changes are... Uh, very interesting in my profession. Oh, well, I'm not not much one for the performing arts. I'm very busy here, unfortunately. But yes, yes, I but can understand the value. There may be a market there, or there would be, if these stodgy old dwarves didn't eat theater. Ah, you understand. Yes. Uh, this place. It is bereft of the arts. Yeah, body knock. You're a breath of fresh air, man. And before, before you complain too much, Falrock, the dwarves do do a lot of theater, but it's all very, like... I'm not here to complain. They can say what they want. Ballet. I just see dwarven ballet. Yeah, it's like it's almost like formalized, very serious Russian ballet. Yeah. Jeez. That's why we're Uh, any Viking operas. One or two. So, uh, above and beyond that, dwarves don't really need a mustache tonic. That's that's very true. (laughs) Yeah, he he might be in the wrong location. Um, Mr. Shepin, is it Doctor Shepin? Depends on which university you ask. (laughs) I know that feeling. Anyways, I was wondering if we might have a moment of your time to discuss uh, arcane mysteries. Those are my favorite kind of mysteries. They're mine too. I think they're much better than murder mysteries. And he kind of opens the door and sweeps inside. Yes, wonderful. And the first floor is, it's mostly open. There's like a, a consulting area where he's got like a little desk and uh, two chairs and then one on the other side, like you'd see at a bank or something. Okay. And there's like half of the floor is dedicated to shop space. So he's got like potions and scrolls lined up on a counter. And you can see that there's a staircase that kind of does the 
you know, in uh, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Gene Wilder one, where there's that hallway that everybody looks really big in. Oh yeah. That so you see a staircase that looks like it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it is gnome sized at the top. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. So do, do come in. I'm sure we have much to discuss. Yes. I uh, I enter the, I guess consulting room. Yes. Okay. Uh, and so I, I gesture to the table as I'm like unpacking things. Um, so I guess like first and foremost, um, out comes the D6, of course. And uh-huh. in addition to that, you know, I've got a lot of like assorted magic gems and then I've got the bell jar and I'm really interested in mostly this bell jar, but also like there's that sapphire that we got from the machine that was creating the field in the tower that I want to get looked at. Um, and most of this is just like, I don't really have a purpose in mind for any of this. I'm just curious if it's like, if the sapphire actually matters or if this bell jar is interesting or any of it. And I'm just seeing what raises his eyebrows that are currently regrowing. <laughs> so did you I, actually I place look- the things down and I go, oh, you look surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yes, more or less permanently. <laughs> it's a good state to be in. Uh, so did you actually make a list for me? I did not. Splendid. I forgot. Okay. I completely forgot. Uh, so the D6, he holds up, he pulls out a jeweler's eyepiece, examines it carefully, and he says, this looks like a custom work made by, uh, I don't know, I get the impression that there's at least a little elven enchantment in here, but it's hard to say without asking the person who made it. He puts I'm it sure down, and he wipes the ointment off the eyepiece. <laughs> and then he he moves on to the bell jar next and he holds it up and says, Oh, I haven't seen something like this in a very long time. Uh they at one of the Gnomish universities, they used to have somebody who specialized in capturing elemental essences, and it looks like what you've got here is a whole bell jar full of it. And he's saying this like lifting up the bell jar and shaking it, and it's almost as big as he is. <laughs> uh, capturing elemental essence, as in from elementals themselves or merely their plane? Oh, merely their plane. I ah. you, you would find the elementals to be quite discontent with being confined into a, a space of this size, and he flicks it with a fingernail. Most creatures are, I find. I don't think you'd fit in the bell jar. No, no, <laughs> not. I, I, I merely mean that the elementals are no different than us in that regard. Yes, well, uh, it looks like this one is full to the brim with lightning. And he flicks it again. What? Uh, what's the purpose of these sorts of jars? Why? What reason do you have for storing such energies? Are they to be used later or merely admired? Usually they are saved and then channeled off for enchanting purposes. Interesting. I suppose if you opened it, you could just release the energy as well. And Sounds he exciting. Kind of looks speculatively at the like the bottom lid, mm. <laughs> uh, no. and uh, the result of that would be Bad. explosive. Yes, lovely. <laughs> and what's the script here along the bottom say? And I'm I'm gesturing. To, there's like it was written in magic script, which I oh do not yeah. know. Well, these are just the runes of the ceiling spell that keeps it shut. And then the last two things, the sapphire that was powering, or partly powering that, like, elemental summoner. Um, and then I'm also curious if more recording fluid can be made for uh, the bottle. 
so he he picks up the the sapphire next, and he says, "Oh, this is this is a sapphire that's attuned to the plane of water. Uh, it doesn't really do much on its own, but it's an interesting source of a magical gradient, so to speak." I'm not familiar with this concept of a gradient. Well, that's how a lot of uh, more permanent spells are fixed in place, right? You get items or objects that are from or attuned to different planes of reality, and sort of the magical differential between the two provides a source of energy. Hmm. Very interesting. You could also hit someone with it if you were violently inclined. (laughs) That is also very interesting. And I, I do a little demonstration, just I throw some sparks off my fingertips. And uh, I'm something of a uh, magically invested person myself. And I was uh, perusing through these things, trying to see if there might be some craft here attuned with the, the lightning elementals, the, the elder lightning elementals. I'm sure I don't know. My specialty isn't elemental magic. Of course, of course. Would you happen to know anyone who dabbles? Oh, perhaps back at the Gnomish universities. I'm afraid I'm not terribly popular here, what with the uh, <laughs> twice-daily explosions. and hmm, I, I tend to draw most of the non-dwarven customers away from the other, from the other uh, shops in the area as well. And of course... They tend to think that I cater to the lower magical classes instead of all the high mighty wizards in their, well, they're not ivory towers, not down here, but you get the idea. Oh, I understand completely. I, I too feel stifled by this place. Um, out of, like, would Tarjux know where the gnomish cities are? No. Okay, so they are, are, are they, like, actually hidden or just like he wouldn't? Like, do they um, have a reputation for being secret? It's... They ha- they have a reputation for being mysterious, not so much secret. Gnomes typically don't divulge that information. Okay, yeah, that's what I was wondering. And it's gotten to the point almost where people don't always know that there are gnomish cities. Interesting, okay. Well, I mean, there has to be, because gnomes come from somewhere. Yes. Hives. Ostensibly. <laughs> God damn it. Um, okay, well... Um, at the very least, this has been quite enlightening. Uh, one final thing, and I fish out of my pack one of the spikes we got from Saskia, and I place it down on the table, and I say, do you know anyone who could tell me what creature this is? Spikes. <clears throat> yeah, she oh, heard bone spikes at us. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Impaled me with one. Yeah, and I was like, oh, souvenir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But more importantly, we have a way to track her. He picks it up and examines it, puts on his eyepiece again. He says, well, I can tell you that this isn't actually magical at all. Uh, It looks like just a sliver of bone. How strange. While traveling the roads late at night, we were beset upon by a strange creature I had hoped to discover in these halls. What sort of thing it might be. I'm afraid I can't help you with that. I was never much one for zoology. Oh, so you, you don't have any pets then? <laughs> the exotic well, animals? None that are alive. <laughs> oh. uh, are you talking taxidermy? He snaps his fingers a couple times and a 
fully articulated clockwork cat runs down mm. the stairs. Oh, uh, <laughs> had us in the first half. Not gonna lie. <laughs> That's a magnificent creature. I made her myself. You did a wonderful job. I wish I could turn into that. Well, um, it sounds like you are busy on the cutting edge of knowledge, so I will... Uh, uh-huh. More like anymore. the incendiary edge. That's the best edge. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not... If things are not exploding, you're not pursuing your goals with enough fervor. I think you would do splendidly at the Gnomish Universities, my boy. Ah, I'm not one for formal schooling. I don't really like rules. Neither are the Gnomish Universities. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I confess, uh, the, the lands of the gnomes are shrouded in mystery, of course. They are. <laughs> right. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure meeting you, uh, Dr. Sheppen. I wish you the best. Uh, good travels. Try not to run into anything too dangerous. Thanks, Body Knock. <laughs> he disappears up the stairs. I definitely note this place down, though, because if we ever need a wizard, this is our man. Bo- Body Knock's our guy. Body Knock is our guy. And then I go, I go back to the, um, the entrance to the markets where I said I would meet everyone. And I loiter. <laughs> Splendid. The party reconvenes. Unless anybody has any other pressing matters they would like to attend. Um, What do you think about, like, getting an alchemy kit so that I can make health potions at a discounted rate if I can get the stuff for it? Uh, yeah. You could probably find one somewhere in the... uh, It it wouldn't be here. You'd have to go to the marketplace. That's that's fine. But I, I I was thinking about picking up one of those that way... I could do the like the fifty GP like initial down payment, but like then I could like get the supplies, you know, like yeah. twenty or thirty GPs of supplies would make a potion or something like that. What do you what do you think about like I'm looking for something flexible with a protection spell cast on it? So you want a ring like of protection? A, no, well, no, because I want to. I want to be able. I want to continue wearing it. If I were to, like, I don't want it to meld into my form. A collar of protection. (laughs) A collar of, I was thinking something like a scarf. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's not how wild (laughs) Well, you can choose what melds into your form and what doesn't. I could have all of my equipment fall to the ground around me as I shake, as I wild shake. Here's something else we could do. You know those, like, middle school snap bracelets? (laughs) <laughs> so, so we have a giant one of those with a protection spell on it when you wild shape i immediately snap bracelet the protective thing around oh, a limb dear god <laughs> or like yeah a bobble or something hmm. tricky piercing maybe surely your druidic orders have figured out how to wear things in between wild shape i don't know we're we're usually not concerned with like magic items. I I don't know. I think they're neat. You okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I th- I personally think they're neat, but I so don't know that druids in general are really the experimenting type. So did you? Um, I'm sorry, I've forgotten. Have you left your order before getting captured by this cult, or was were you still like a 
like member of your circle. Is there like a membership for druids? I don't know how any of that works. I I just shoot lightning. Like I don't have a formalized in group or anything. How? What's it like being part of a druid circle? Yeah, it's not really a formal thing. Um, you, you meet up on weekends. No, you kind of just it's kind of solitary. You don't you don't meet a whole lot of other druids. They're Few and far in between. They're usually off doing their own thing. Yeah, um, I like to think of it like Sith it, rules. It's like really master. <laughs> oh, well, that's kind of lonely. No, they have nature, right? They're always, yeah, they're always, uh, they're always communing with nature. They're never alone. Eh, fair. And I will say that druids among the Arakakra are not typical of druids that you would find in other races. Yeah, but I care more about Ched. Yeah, that's fair. Falrock, you get your gloves fixed? Oh, that was a guy working on them. Nice. Come back in anyway, a couple days. So you got your... Actually, did you buy crossbows? I, I just hold them up and, like, a, double I, shot at you. I do, the, I do the double pistols back because you get it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Desmond, backpack's looking kind of soily, actually. You, you got some... Like, you got some it, dirt up there. Yeah. Do you want me to clean that? No, no, it's it's supposed to be like that, but I don't know what I'm going to put in it yet. Huh. Because I thought it, mushrooms would be a good idea, but then I realized that this is more of a photosynthesis setup, so <laughs> True. we'll have to see. Interesting. I want, like, some nice flowers? No, I was more thinking, like, things that make potions. Ah. You know, that keep you alive. Nightshade. Oh. Uh, the other one. Well, I mean, nightshade is a form of keeping you alive if the, the enemies die first, right? Yeah. We'll just grow tomatoes. Yeah, that's almost the same thing. I mean, yeah. tomatoes are red, health potions are red. I see a strong correlation. We're also in the night. <laughs> <laughs> New canon where health potions are just like magic ketchup. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, please no. Well, no, that's why it takes an entire action to drink. Well, that's why they're red, too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Can you imagine just like mid battle drinking an entire bottle of tomato sauce? <laughs> oh god, that's that's your action. Just, just that, working it down. I'm so not sure you can get that done die. in six seconds. Like no, the amount of a round like that would be a heroic task. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're not adventurers. We just play them on a podcast. Uh. <laughs> And then, okay, so you down an entire jar of tomato sauce, and well, you, you have to keep fighting. Even, you can't even get it all out of the jar, I think. So you wouldn't get well, the full benefit of the potion. So really, it's not even magical. It's it's a morale thing. Like, <laughs> and your enemies are like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's intimidation more than it's anything. Maniacs. Yeah. And then you I feel better imagine. because they're scared of you. Right, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Let's this has been meeting. an amusing aside. <sighs> yeah, let, let's find a place to stay for the night and then go to our meeting for tomorrow. Sounds good. Hooray. I would like to go to the marketplace before everything closes and get that out, the alchemy supplies, though. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's going to be, it's going to run you, like, I don't know, what is it? What do the alchemy tools cost? The, it's 50 GP in the player's handbook? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'm doing, like, ear to the ground a little bit. I want to find us a place that's you know, low, low cost, but not like kidney stabbing. 
I try to get a sense of like what the criminal <laughs> underworld is like in this place because that might be useful. Uh, you have a hard time finding a criminal underworld. Wow, squeaky. There are a lot of guards. Yeah, I, that makes sense. All right, well then, uh, pretty confident that we can just find somewhere cheap and not get shivved. Yeah, so. you like the lowest class area you're able to find is the copper district, and that's like it's like. There are a couple of windows boarded up, but not because there are like criminals running around. It's because they're doing like remodeling that's taking a very long time because they don't have much money. Right. Okay. Well, I'm having Fall Rock with us too. Kind of helps lessen our chance of getting shanked. Shanked. Yeah. <laughs> True. I do have a very anti-shanking aura about me, don't I? I'm yeah. very shankable, so I worry about these things. And it's, <laughs> it's like, you can't find my ribs to get in between. <laughs> as the uh, as the clocks wind down, you see in some of parts of the the city that you're traveling through, the lanterns that are lighting the streets dim a bit, and you get the impression that this is the, like you're reaching the night cycle. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody except Falrock give me perception checks, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> Desmond, you have advantage on this. Oh, even better. Got a 20. 16? What do I have? The six? 15 for me. Terra Sorry, what check? Perception. Oh. Uh, I got a 1. Well done. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Everybody, okay, you're at the front. You're leading the way. You don't notice. Everybody else, you, it comes to your attention that Falrock appears to be glowing faintly. Mm -hmm. Desmond, you noticed this previously in the the tower. Hey, everybody. There's, (laughs) look at this. It's like (laughs) we have a moving lamppost. (laughs) Huh? You, you're on fire. I'm trying not to be, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Falrock is always on fire. He's really got his stuff together. Falrock, you're killing it today. Thank you. You're saying that very condescendingly, and I don't like no, it. Oh, you've been a huge help. He sounds genuine. You got us You got us into the library place. That was a really cool place. That was vast and open, and I thank you greatly for that. It's just been, like, it's cool, you know? Your home is pretty cool. I had my nice. doubts. I was like, underway? Eh. Five out of ten, but this place is like a solid eight. Alright, I'll take that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But what's with the glowiness really? Uh you know, the whole soul is a molten volcano thing. Said it a while ago. Hasn't gotcha. really come up. Right, right, right. Wasn't that a metaphor? Yeah. No. Yeah, that's how I took it as. I, I definitely interpret that as metaphorical. Nope. Nope. The whole thing with the fires started because there were slavers and I incinerated them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. With your soul? I mean, it just kind of comes out. That's badass. And also uh, a little inconvenient. I take a couple remember, steps back. I remember when there was that Saskia lady and I literally shot light fire things from my fists? Yeah. I might have yeah. missed that. It, it was, I, it was understandable. Like, we were busy. A monk spell. Mm-mm. No, that's me. The Abbey helped me keep it so that I can control it and so that I, it doesn't just kind of burn everything around me. And now I have these clothes that yeah. are fireproof, which is great. But That is great. Yeah. Um, no, it's just you, me. 
can you like is there a dimmer switch or anything because you're definitely going to draw attention didn't even know what was happening uh i guess i i try and concentrate to dim myself we need to get him a cloak is it like you're uh like a little stressed or frustrated and like you're doing it or no i think this is just as normal i gotcha slow burn it's been a pretty great day yeah we got a lot done (laughs) absolutely uh yeah but i i throw my like scholar's robes onto him (laughs) which tailored for an adult human (laughs) so there's just like a giant blanket thrown over top (laughs) (laughs) no it's the thing where um it's the episode of Adventure Time where they go to the Magic Academy and Finn like stuffs the robe down in his pants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Um, but I, I just like just just for now, I I don't want to start any weird rumors about like a glowing dwarf messiah. There's only room for one messiah in this party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. There's, there is probably like a little bit of Tarjus being like, but my soul is the one that's supposed to be suffused with elemental power. <laughs> <laughs> Can I actually like make a concentration check of some sort to to turn this off? Because it's not supposed to be happening. Go for it. Like a, could it be like a spidey sense type thing? Like, is there something we need to be aware of? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to like get spider powers or something, am I? <laughs> being around you, turn green. I like being blue. And I so I like, I like rub my hands together and put them near Fall Rock. Is he warm or just glowing? Just glowing. Okay. Uh, that's a 10 for, nope. because I don't add anything to concentration, nope. but. And it's like, cause Falrog isn't aware that it's happening. So he's like, is, is it stop now? Did it stop? How about now? But doing it? Nope. <laughs> nope. He nope. remains, no. he remains with a consistent like, luminosity. Hmm. Whatever. I just, but it's not, it's not really bright. It's just kind of noticeable. Yeah. I pull the hood of the robe up and I yeah. go, all right, let's go get a room. <laughs> You arrive at an inn. Rooms are one gold piece a night. Ooh, expensive. I pay for two rooms for the group. How pleasant. you. Farak puts away his wallet. Oh, oh thank you. I was about to do that, but thank you. And away we go. The next day. And away we go. <laughs> go have some lunch. lunch. Nothing eventful happens in the morning. We go to lunch. Nope. Yep. Uh, the bus, all the way to lunch. Are there any armor shops nearby? Down in the Copper District, uh, you're unlikely to find anything that's not like... I mean, it's all going to be of decent quality, but there's nothing... Like, if you're looking for something out of the player's handbook, you'd be able to find it here. I want to go to White Cat. I, <laughs> oh, I guess I should get a normal-sized cloak. Just like a silver. Hide armor? It It weighs... Two more pounds than the leather armor I'm wearing, so I I don't know if it would impede um, my flight at all. Probably not. Then I'll go find some and buy it. Splendid. You take a stop at Clothier and uh, Fur Furrier. Yeah. Farrier. Farrier. Farrier is a different thing. Okay. Furrier. You get 
a nice cloak for, yeah, like a silver piece, and then hide armor for Ched, who now looks like a hairy bird. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to lunch? Yep. 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 You getting this too, TJ? Uh, <laughs> I think the, uh, I think our good dwarven benefactor friend <laughs> is going to be getting this one. If, uh, if my read on his character was correct, <laughs> what was his name again? Shit. Steinar Silverforge. Yeah, Steinar. Thank Steinar you. Silverforge. I just, I have a lot of names on my sheet. <laughs> <laughs> and most of them aren't real. Uh, you, should, you should subdivide them into fake and not fake names. Yeah, I really need to do that. Uh, so you take the Beetle Bus back to the Royal District. It'll cost however much I said it cost before for a day pass. I think it was like a gold? It was probably a gold or something. Yeah. I apologize to any anybody still listening at this point for wild inconsistency in my... <laughs> Continuity <laughs> gaps. Yeah. yeah. I am really bad at remembering things and I apologize. Uh, so you, you return to the Royal District. The guards let you in as you don't... Like, you can, you can walk around the Royal District fine. Some people go to visit the Palace Gardens from time to time. Oh, that's nice. And you go to the address that Steinar Silverforge gave you, okay. and it's a pretty well, like well apportioned, like private set of apartments. Looks like there's probably an office attached. He's got a little lawn with exotic mushrooms growing in it. Ooh! And uh, there you are. You are you are outside his uh, public apartments. Knock knock. Shit. I forgot to switch into my disguise. We didn't. We didn't give him a gift either. No, I mean, wh- I don't know. Usually, <laughs> what, what kind of um, gift do you get for the dwarf? He's a door master fork. Like I produce flowers in my hand. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, and on the other side is Steinar Silverforge wearing pretty much the same getup he was yesterday. The he's got the leather apron, the thick gloves. Set of goggles resting on his forehead. Welcome. I was hoping you would come. I've been I've been cooking all day. I need like gestures for you to follow him inside. Oh my! I a renowned smith of adamantium and a cook. Well, I try. Uh, (laughs) Really, forge work isn't too different from working in the kitchen. And as you pass the kitchen, you see indeed that he has a vast array of like meat tenderizers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he treats it as identical to forging a sword. <laughs> and you enter a, a pretty nice, like posh dining room. And he says, "Take a seat. Take a seat. I'll, I'll get, I'll get the soup on in just a moment." There have we have we seen somewhere. anyone but him in here? Uh, you have not. Okay, very interesting. Yeah, I I settle in and uh, <laughs> I go over my like Juxian silverware protocol. I'm sure it doesn't map whatsoever to... No, like, not at all. I'm like, right, where's the third salad fork? <laughs> so Terrajux has a minor... I just hand you one of my forks because I'm not going <laughs> to use it, so... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, and he... he uh, Silverforge bustles back out of the kitchen carrying a soup tureen, and he ladles out soup to each of you. He says, this is a cold mushroom soup. It's my grandfather's recipe. Okay. Uh, and then he bustles back into the kitchen and comes back out with a teapot. He says, and this is hot tea. 
uh, imported from Jocks, and he oh. pours a little bit in everybody's uh, cups. Ooh. All the way in Jocks, really? I have a little bit of a taste for the finer things in life. Ooh. You can't get good tea down in the mountain home, I'm, I'm sorry to say. That's a, that is a shame. Why do you think that is? Uh, mostly because all mountain home tea is made from mushrooms. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've had a hard time adapting to the mushroom diet. Oh, it's not so bad. You just need the right spices, a little rock salt. It's it's excellent. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> rock salt, you say. Uh-huh. Well, hey, uh, you kind of whispered like in to... here, Steinar. Do you have a do you have a vase? We brought you flowers. Oh, uh, just a moment. He comes he goes into the kitchen and comes back out with like an empty glass. <laughs> Should have known, dwarves. All right, I, uh, I, I love sunlight. <laughs> where, did you, where, where did you get these? Uh, the surface. They're very fresh. He Yo, smells one. Uh, we came here right away, right from the surface. <laughs> took, the, took the elevator, and I, I plop them into the glass. Hopefully, they fit. They do. Okay. As surely there's something we could assist with. It's, I mean, we're already putting so much upon you, uh, requesting to seek your knowledge like this. Surely oh, no, 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 no. It's, I'm just excited to have somebody to talk about hatchling things that aren't related to adamantine. Ah, yes, and of he, course. He begins digging into the soup. I, uh, I definitely try the soup. I'm looking for the next opportunity when he leaves the room to have like a quick whisper huddle. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, what is it you'd like to know? He gestures with a spoon. Oh, why don't you give us like the Cliff Notes version, just so we can be on the same page? Like that way, we can make sure that we're talking on the same time frame. Like, what you know? I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to ask. Like, what what does he know in general about the the period that he studies? Yeah, right. Oh, I'm very interested in in the whole the whole shebang as. As they say, right up from when they were first, when it was first revealed that the hatchling existed until, well, more or less until adamantine smelting took place. Although I have found at great expense some notes from other areas of the continent that deal with things that have occurred after the dwarves lost interest in other hatchling materials. Oh, fascinating. Do you know of any correlation between like the hatchling and like devils or the fae or any any sort of connection there uh, not that i've ever found uh, after the hatching the uh the material plane was sort of temporarily severed from extra planar influence i something about the the hatching or the hatchling itself just kind of disrupted those connections uh-huh. they didn't come back in for a few centuries after the hatching okay have the gods had anything to say about the hatching or the hatchling or anything? Because we know that we're absent there for a hot minute. But they were they were away from the world, if if you can truly say such a thing about the gods for, I believe it was one week. But the that's the when all the shit went down. Yes, during during the hatching itself, the the gods were unable to assist us and he makes a gesture to encompass you know the entirety of the mortal realm yeah with uh the problems that arose from from that uh, particular event 
And they were back in a week, but you mentioned that this severing of the planes lasted for centuries. Indeed. What were the... What was the effect of this severing if not to prevent divine influence? Uh, I don't know that the gods have any particular connection to planes outside of this one. I, presumably they're equally powerful there as they are here, but... Um, so, I guess, like, my um, player knowledge of, like, the mythology of the world, there's not, like, a celestial realm or, like, a sort of like a Mount Olympus... Afterlife myths tend to vary from culture to culture. There aren't any, as far as you know, like, most most people have one, but details vary. So what is the, like, where do the gods Reside. lie? Yeah, like, what is their physical location in the myths? Where's the man Olympus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what you're asking? Because uh, they, they would have to be somewhere. Above, generally. It's, it's thought speak? that they have some sort of Perhaps a demiplane or something of that nature. Okay. Hmm. So they are of this plane. They are the gods of this plane. A zeppelin, not a plane, a zeppelin. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the other planes would be places like the Nine Hells or the Elemental. The Feywild, the Elemental Planes. Yep. But there's not necessarily like an astral sea or... There is an astral sea. The astral plane does exist. Oh, okay. And But the gods do not have like little realms within that space. It's possible. Okay. There isn't, there is, like the church doesn't really go in, the churches don't really go into like the physicality of the gods. Yeah. Much and at all. Tarajux is like, has a pretty low opinion of the gods in general, so you probably wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, he's just kind of nodding along, going, huh, oh, I see. Um, so, what would you like to know? Well, my particular area of interest uh, among my uh, fellow researchers and companions here is particularly the, uh, the experimentations and the exposures to hatchling residue and uh, objects i'm very curious not just in the the sort of immediate mutation effects that we saw uh very near to the hatching but uh specifically the longer term effects are i think are also equally interesting um surely if being exposed to a one piece of a hatchling immediately uh, can cause great effects, then dwelling in a place with a large amount of this uh, material must, over some period of time, inflict the same effects. Wouldn't you agree? I generally believe that to be true, although after after the hatching itself, it was hard to find places of such concentrated uh, hatchling, let's say, energy. I'm not, uh, certainly not a scholar of adamantium. I'm certainly not one of your caliber. Adamantium is of the hatchling, is it not? Uh, yes, in a way. It's, it's a fairly complicated process, one that I'm not at liberty to discuss at length. Of course. Understand. Uh, would it be within your ability to discuss the dangers of handling uh, the sort of raw material that is drawn from the world? Uh, does it hold these same mutative properties as other hatchling materials or is it uh, different in some way 
there haven't been any real reports of adamantine ever causing mutations like that. So it's an and I can say that some portion of the smelting process does involve sort of reinforcing this non-reactive property. I see. But nobody is in any particular danger from raw adamantine either. If you had to hmm. speculate, what part of the body do you believe adamantium comes from? And if you had to gesticulate, could you point to it? Uh, I believe it's well, it's well agreed among scholarly circles that it was the eggshell around which, or ah. the, that was around the hatchling that later sort of uh, ossified's not really the correct word because it didn't turn into bone, but yeah. uh, there was some sort of transmutative event after the fact that turned it into a metal. Oh, so that's how you make adamantine. You turn some metal, you use alchemical transmutation to make some other metal into adamantine, right? No. No. <laughs> Raw, unpurified adamantine exists on the lowest layers of the world. Hmm. The smelting process is quite complex and very secret. I don't course. care about that part. But we didn't come here to discuss adamantium, of course. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I was right, we didn't. <laughs> I was merely curious if it held the same sort of uh, mutative properties. I'm uh, A lot of my work, uh, or a lot of my interest, I should say, centers around uh, these sorts of accidental exposures and uh, hatchling residue seeping into water tables or permeating through a food chain. It's all terribly interesting. Uh, uh, indeed. And uh, it is the consensus of most scholars that this mutating property of hatchling artifacts, shall we say, has uh, lessened over the years. It's become less potent. Is that correct? It depends on who you read, I find. Granted, it's much more difficult to find research on this sort of thing in the modern day and age uh, just due to scarcity of material. Naturally. But about half of the, the works I've read seem to agree that Indeed, hatchling materials have lost some of their potency over time. Half of them argue otherwise, although, uh, argue again, that it, it has, that it has remained as ah. potent, if not increased. Of course, it's difficult to verify where they got their sources from for anything outside of the mountain home, which doesn't do that sort of experimentation anymore, or the Hall of Mysteries, which, of course, mm -hmm. has a very rigorous review process. Of course. Is there any, like, correlation between like the vault of the gods and the hatchling that you've come across oh there have been the odd few stories that mention people going to the vault of the gods to try and deal with the hatching before it occurred um a handful of stories that i've been able to cross-reference where people obtained hatchling materials from the vault of the gods but interesting those are few and far between there's no consistent connection yeah. there that i've discovered okay are there still experiments being done with uh, hatching materials, hatchling blood? Well, nobody really has any, right? That's probably There have been... So occasionally, the Hall of Mysteries, somebody will turn something up on an archaeological expedition, and the Hall of Mysteries will run through experimental processes, but it's very rarely on sentient subjects anymore, or I guess sapient subjects. Understandable. There have been cults throughout history that worship the hatchling or the power that it represents or some such nonsense and they 
usually nucleate around somebody making a discovery like this. See. And occasionally they have been shown to try and use this material that they find to instill changes amongst themselves. They kind of regard it as an apotheosis. I stop for a moment and I look at the camera. (laughs) (laughs) And you... Has there been any recent discoveries of hatchling materials that this could have occurred? Nothing significant in the last uh, 50, 75 years. So if uh, vials of hatchling blood were to show up all of a sudden, that would be a pretty dramatic find, would it not? That would be incredible. Uh, And he he leans forward. (laughs) (laughs) Um, have you have you heard news of something like this? Uh, no. <laughs> I do my like my best smile. <laughs> Only the merest rumors. Yeah, you know how it is. A uh, a drunkard will tell you any story if you're to buy him another round. Speaking of which, and he glances at your soup bowls and and teacups, and uh, starts ladling out more. <laughs> Please, oh. I. It oh, will take me you. weeks to get through the leftovers. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. <laughs> and he he pours out some more tea. The tea is excellent, I will say. It's Jexian. Like, yeah, this is this is high quality, like high society tea. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure it only had like grandpa's uh, recipe. How's the soup? Oh, uh, the soup is it's pretty good. It's not anything to write home about. You're not sure if that's because of the quality of the recipe or the quality of the uh, the Maybe. cook. Nice. <laughs> he does his best. Yeah, he does. Um, <clears throat> nevertheless, I uh, sip the tea appreciatively. Gosh, what else did we need to talk with him about? Uh, da, 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 da. Um, yeah, I guess it's. Would you happen to know any more about these cults? This is um, sort of the first I'm really considering the subject of course you hear all manner of rumor about people revering and worshiping this this Mm. being that is long gone and known only for destruction but you you realize if we could find one of those cults we could be worshipped as demigods right (laughs) terajux i'll need you to make a deception check okay uh that is going to be a total of uh, 20. Splendid. Uh, he he kind of sits back and like idly eats a spoonful of soup. And he's like, for the most part in history, it's again, they, they nucleate around the discovery of some hatchling materials. And either they use it to create a power base for themselves because you can use sort of the reality bending effects as uh, a source of power for spells or maintaining magical effects. Um, I hadn't heard of this. It's, it's not a terribly well known fact about it because generally people who work in close concert with hatchling materials become warped by it themselves. Makes sense. So you're telling me we might be able to get some like 10th or 11th tier magic going on with Hatchling power? I'm I'm not telling you anything of the sort, Christopher. <laughs> uh, it, it's real. I know that much. <laughs> and then, of course, there are the other ones that focused more on the, uh, let's say, personal augmentation aspects of 
the hatchling, or Maybe. indeed um, using other people as proxies for this, forcing them to uh, ingest hatchling materials and then worshipping the twisted and insane abominations that resulted. You said proxies. <laughs> I get uncomfortable in my seat. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's really unconcerning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not hungry anymore. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm fucking. I like. I'm starting to get a taste for the soup. Now, are there any of these cults still active? Uh, surely, such things would be driven out from any civilized place and ridiculed for the insanity that they are. Generally, that's the end result for for these particular organizations. They're usually driven out... Um, hang on a second. I, I have a, a name here that I forgot yeah, to put like right we need, folder. Yeah, we need a name drop for one of these cults. Or, no, no, know, no, 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 no. Like give me a second. Give me a second. Yog Bamoon or something no. like that. No. <laughs> I mean, we just talked about Body Knock. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, there's a, a particular order of warriors the Swords of Valera that are uh, renowned for their work in stamping out these cults uh, as they spring up. Wasn't that one of the... Yes. Are they still present? Like, are they still an active they're, force in society? They're there are no members or leaders. Oh, we could do a history check for this. Right? Yeah, we could actually, do a history yeah, check we, for this. Well, I would on, like to do a history check for this. Was the Swords of Valera one of the... The Swords of Lyra was one of the the uh, mercenary groups we could join back in Jax, yeah? Um, I have oh. the list here. There was Silver Blades, Heralds of the Dawn, White Roses, Sentinels, and Shimmer Guard. I don't well, remember Swords of I got of a 17 no. on my history check. Ooh. So the Swords of Lyra are an order of typically paladins that they were originally founded to kind of combat these hatchling cults in the very early days uh, post-hatching. Right. And they have since... Uh, they usually kind of stay by the wayside and do like general kind of do-gooder work, stamping out bandits. They're, uh, maintaining. they're night errants, basically. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. um, on the occasion where a new hatchling cult has arisen, um, they like muster their forces and they go to Crusade. work. <laughs> <laughs> they're typical, like, are they typically men or elves? Or dwarves, paladins, or female oh, elves, paladins. Sorry, who are really brutal uh, murdering machines. <laughs> really <laughs> like, really like orcs for weeks on end. <laughs> you can't really say that Angloria escaped you <laughs> because no, you never, made, no, her, you, her never you never asked. <laughs> yeah, you. Not only did you not know her name, but you didn't make any effort whatsoever to find her again. Yep. I know exactly where she is. You do. At all times. <laughs> At all times. Sometimes it's hard to sleep. <laughs> but for the knowledge burning in your brain. It's She's not weird. One. She just haunts my dreams. There's nothing weird about it. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I definitely don't have a crush on someone who's obviously a fellow lightning mage. That would uh -huh. be silly. Of course not. I definitely don't have some weird complex <laughs> for me because I thought I was the lightning messiah, but it might be her. <laughs> We're gonna You're have just to fight to the death on a mountaintop. <laughs> You're just lightning, Paul. There can Nobody be only one. Paul. <laughs> uh, so there's your history check. Okay. Hmm. All right. So Swords of Lyra. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think if there's like any other 
leads we can... Did, did any of the cults become, like, super <laughs> well-known throughout history, or, like, their leader have some sort of, like, large rise to power that it would be? Like... <clears throat> There was a, a brief instance of one of the higher nobles in Aldrox uh, purportedly being a cultist some 150 years ago. Beyond that, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that would match your your inquiry. Generally, people in positions of leadership know better than to mutate their uh, followers. It does seem like a good way to lose followers. Indeed. And then you have twisted abominations running amok in your kingdom. Right. That ain't that shit ain't natural. Give and take, give and take. My only thought was perhaps Saskia could have been one of these leaders from yeah. long ago, perhaps. Uh, that and that's has why I was um, come back. That's why I'm so interested in figuring out this spike thing is like if we can identify whether or not she's like an actual normal creature or if this is like, oh, wow, yeah, this the DNA in this bone has been spaghettified. <laughs> if this, perhaps, this thing is perhaps just she has the hatchling blood, too. Right. Good. Very well could. I don't want to look like her. So <laughs> actually, that puts a lot of pieces together, doesn't it? Because that one lady we didn't get her name as a knight, and we were like going to be yeah. test subjects. So yeah, it's like why did they keep us for so long though? I don't know. That maybe they weird. well maybe they injected us and then nothing happened. And oh, then you they, think they this did is our again. second dose? It could be. Oh, that's very interesting. Jesus. Oh I'm gonna God. I'm gonna have to uh, to put the kibosh on the the OOC conversation here. Okay, for the time being. Um. So, I'm I'm just enjoying my soup and uh, mulling these things over now. I don't know that I have any other like major leads. Um, I guess, like, so you mentioned a long uh, last session, I guess, about how some of the people who got injected turned into basically X Men. Yes. Um, and I I will ask this uh, directly to uh, Steinar here. Were any of the the people who survived this uh, mutation process and uh, gained extraordinary powers, uh, what became of them? Did they become notable leaders or uh, a force of great good? Or were they too in time corrupted by this hatchling presence within them? You hear, and you have to understand that this is all history. History from three to four centuries ago. So tales get diluted over time. But from what my research has turned up, it seems that most of the people who survive with their minds and bodies more or less intact, they do go on to be notable personalities. And here he names a few who I have not come up with names or stories for yet. So Of course. Note to self for that for later. Ah, uh, yes, Bingus the Dingus. I get the biggest will... dingus of all of Dingdom. Terrajux has a heart attack <laughs> on the spot. That's great. Now I can play my kobold poet. Uh, but <laughs> no, none of the stories really go on to mention what happens to these figures. They just do something great and then fade into obscurity. As far as I've been able to tell. Hmm. 
Okay. But the last report of one of these uh, figures is centuries old. Yes. You have to understand that uh, in these experiments, the the success rate, the the chance that you would end up as a sane individual with extraordinary gifts was exceedingly low to begin with. And then the volume of experimentation decreased as materials became scarce. Of course. So the the odds are not in your favor at all. No, no. Generally, people uh, would would turn into twisted abominations. You get anything stronger than tea? (laughs) (laughs) See all of us like shifting uncomfortably. We've spoken at great length about our particular fields of interest. I'd be very keen to hear some of your conclusions or your uh, trains of thought. Is there anywhere that you've explored or delved into that uh, perhaps we've not even thought of uh, or discussed yet? And his his eyes light up and he says, oh, uh, is everybody done with their soup? We can go look at my collection. Balrock puts down his fourth bowl. Sure. (laughs) He's just been over there just tucking into it. Yeah, he's, he hasn't great. been talking because he's just got a straw. <laughs> Not just a straw. I like to imagine that. Like, Seasoned with some rock salt. He went to the length of like, he would finish a bowl and like, uh, Starno would still be talking and he'd just get up and go to the kitchen and get more. Oh, <laughs> well, he, just... put, he put the terrine on the table. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. he did. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, I would let's love see. to see it. Absolutely, uh, please follow me, and and I think that's probably a good place to end end the session yeah. for the evening. Uh, so, thank you for joining us. Hopefully, that was enjoyable. I had a good time. Mm. <laughs> yep. Uh, I've been Joe, your dungeon master. If you wish to get in touch with us, you can do so at thealchemistsclub88 at gmail dot com or thealchemistsclub88 at gmail dot com. We can be found on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. If you wish to reach us on Twitter, you can do so at Alchemist underscore club. Joining us for this adventure were... Me again. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm going to be the reasonable one, but not I right think now. I, I would like to reclaim that I am Matt playing Leolin. So. <laughs> and uh, I'm Waffle. And someday I will be Angloria Feywind. <laughs>